John. Can you believe it? We made it through another year. <laughs> Amazing. And such a full year. Our yeah. first full year since COVID. Yeah. Where we didn't lose a single performance. So we did every single one of our scheduled performances start to finish. Yeah. Amazing. We didn't know if that was going to be the case or not. So we always plan accordingly and have have things ready. But we, we really went into this season, fall, winter, and spring, with a lot of courage and a lot of guts. Because we programmed a lot of big ballets which we couldn't really do safely right after COVID. And within this time since COVID, we've also had a bit of turnover within the company. How, what's happened with the roster? Yeah, we've had some retirements. We've had dancers leaving due to being at the end of their career. We've had dancers leaving to pursue other pursuits, whether it's been going to school or different things like that. And you know, and it's really exciting to see them close this chapter of their life and move on. But then all of a sudden, it feels like there's a hole in the roster. So what we've done is hired, I believe, 17 apprentices in the last year and a half, really, yeah. since coming out of COVID, almost two years now. Yeah. And I, I couldn't be more proud of them. I mean, to see them hit the stage, learn all these ballets. As you said, we did big ballets. So we had casts of ballets that were almost an entirely new cast in the core. Never yeah. seen the ballet, the never danced it. was really like so many new. And that's a... A hard one and we could use a little more time next time we do it we'll have a little more time but yeah and a little more experience yes. you know and to see these dancers grow these yeah. young apprentices that a lot of them have now gotten into the core already to see them grow with their confidence and their ability to pick up the choreography quickly and stay in line and dance big and bold and it's been really inspiring and i've i've heard from some of the dancers who've been here longer that it's been really inspiring for them to see this young crop come in and just grab it and 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 really shine already on stage i can't help to think but that is from covid that those were the dancers that thrived in that time of being isolated and having to make it happen on their own and the discipline that they've had to build for themselves both within their schoolwork because they were all in high school at the time and with their dancing what do you think about that i mean it's... I think for sure these dancers are armed with some new tools that none of us had because they were forced to be creative and come up with a new way to stay inspired and stay focused. I think and, differently. And they worked on their technique. They worked on their basic technique so much throughout that time. Then yeah. they got out on the stage and that freedom was there. It mm -hmm. didn't always come right away, but we're seeing it much more now. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing them own the space in a way that, you know, it, sometimes that takes a little longer. And this group has really jumped to it right yeah. away. I literally saw one of our dancers this morning. I'm talking 9 o'clock. And class is at 1030. And they were walking down the street with headphones on, absolutely focused, ramrod straight spine, going towards the theater. And yep. I'm thinking, okay, what are they? They're coming very early, first of all, and they're extremely focused. And that, to me, summed up what we're seeing from a lot of our dancers that have thrived and have been promoted and the ones that are that are just getting into the company that are also thriving and, and apprentices getting thrown into principal roles even occasionally when necessary and and handling it so how are you feeling about that you should be pretty proud I feel we proud. are you know yeah. i think we're all proud and mm -hmm. i think the artistic staff deserves a lot of credit because they're the ones who have to get these dancers ready each day for these ballets and i saw a lot of improvement in that work throughout this year mm -hmm with how the rehearsals are focused, with how they're run, with how they're organized. It was rare to ever see a ballet hit the stage that didn't feel quite ready, which when we do 60 ballets in a year, that's really impressive. Yeah. I also believe the Apprentice Mentorship Program and all the things that we're doing at SAB have really armed these students who then become 
professional dancers basically overnight. And in some cases, we Literally. we need to hire them in the middle of the year. And they we tell them they're going to start, and then they start the next day. And then they're on stage the next night and you know without a lot of prep time. But they're really coming in with confidence and with the tools they need as, as opposed to just being thrown into the mix and seeing what happens. There's so much more guidance. There's so much more care. The more experienced dancers in the company really help the younger dancers, mm-hmm. and we're seeing more and more of that, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had um, something happen in Sleeping Beauty this year where, oh, uh, gosh, you yeah. know, one of our first year core members was being given a great opportunity, but then that opportunity was going to be taken away because of some injuries and needing her in her core spot. And some of our older dancers, soloists in particular, came forward and said they'd jump back into a core spot so that she wouldn't lose her opportunity. And so to see that. <laughs> That sense of lifting each other up because ballet can be at times selfish. It can be at times solitary because so much focus and work needs to go into your own work. But to see them embracing each other and uplifting each other and supporting each other, um, especially coming out of COVID, we're seeing more and more of that and building that into the culture and the fabric here Mm -hmm. is something I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. And those were two dancers that had recently been promoted. and, And I think whenever we promote dancers, we, we kind of reinforce, you know, you're becoming a leader, more and more of a leader, and your responsibility is growing. And we expect with your bright future that you'll also shine that light down into the group because you have that, and we reinforce that. And I, I think we're seeing that within Absolutely. these dancers. They're, they're not insecure right. in that way that maybe we were in the past because we didn't have evaluations and we didn't have communication quite the same way. And that's something that, that we've been building in to you know how we work with our artists and I think it's paying off and starting to show in these exceptionally beautiful ways like that um, and the whole company felt that and it, and it radiated out beyond just that sleepy beauty moment yeah absolutely but what have been some of the highlights for you this season that you felt were great returns or premieres or what did you see happen? Yeah, so many things, (laughs) but I'll try to just be concise and pick a few. One is that I feel like the core de ballet is dancing as good as I've ever seen it, as we've seen throughout the course of the year. They're cohesive, they're focused, but they're dancing in a way that, you know, as Balanchine wanted, he wanted a stage full soloist. Even though you're in the court of ballet, you're doing the same steps on the same counts and you have to stay on on the music and you have to stay in line. But we're seeing these bright, shining lights coming through on the stage as you look across the whole stage. Everyone is dancing big and bold and using their, you know, using their epaumant and porter bra looks better and the footwork looks better. And but they're dancing together and they're pulling together as a unit which uplifts each one of them. You know, yeah. when they all pull together and all dance well, then they all look better collectively and the ballet looks better. Mm-hmm. And so what I saw a huge improvement in was the core work this year, especially the the female core. Mm-hmm. They really, each ballet we saw was just strong and clear and- We literally were saying to them, dance like principal dancers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Even though you have to stay in line, yep. but present yourself. And, the, and I remember this precisely with Les Horace, it was the youngest, group of dancers and they had just learned the ballet and and we we gave them that and then the next show was a whole different story they're like oh I can do that (laughs) yes you can actually dance like a ballerina (laughs) and those habits are being built now and so we're not having to say and remind them of the same things as much because we're seeing it happen Mm -hmm. when we step into the studio or step onto the stage rehearsals Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing 
Another big highlight for me was Justin Peck's Copeland dance episodes. Yeah. That was a labor of love for yeah. him, something he had been working on for a really long time in his mind. And, you know, we made space for it and then COVID happened and then we made a new space for it. And and I had never seen Justin quite so invested in every single detail, mm-hmm. top to bottom, a new level of organization from him, a new level of focus to really bring every single piece of this together. Yeah in the middle of what is a, you know, a chaotic and busy season for us where there's not a ton of rehearsal time and dancers are running from one thing to the other. And that level of focus led to, um, you know, I think a whole new level of sophistication in the work from start to finish, but across the costumes, the lighting design, the production elements, but really how the dancers approached it. And he built a great sense of community throughout the work so that they really wanted to do the work and they felt invested in it together mm-hmm. along with Justin. And what we got, you know, we weren't sure how an 80 minute ballet without a pause or an intermission, and that's all we give the audience. Was the audience gonna feel like that how was is enough? This gonna work? Yeah, yeah. For were us. they gonna feel like it was too long? You know, how, how it was a risk. It uh-huh. was definitely a risk for us because it, you know, consumed some resources, certainly consumed a lot of time. And it just it came together so beautifully. And now we have this great, fresh, very current ballet that uses and uplifts this music in a complete the old music. completely different way yeah. that no one would have ever considered. Right. And it's incredibly creative. It's incredibly innovative. And it's going to, you know, it's going to be a mainstay in our repertory. Yeah. And just to see it continue to improve, see the piece grow, see the dancers grow within it. I mean, some of the dancers who did principal roles right. have really they grown. Were fresh soloists or core dancers yeah, at the time. Really blossomed yeah. within this work. Yeah. And so I love that. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing I'll point out, besides mm-hmm. you know the great work we did in the Balanchine Robbins rep, I thought the new works that were created, mm-hmm. including Copeland, but the other five new works we created yeah. this year were all really impactful mm-hmm. for various reasons. And it's, it's not always that we get a whole year full of strong new works. Yeah. Um, as we continue to try to strategically curate the works, give them the time and space they need, give them extra you know time in the studio, where they can really hone in on their ideas and clarify their ideas with the dancers. But to see these works not only premiere, but then come back, especially this past spring, and see that the impact with the audience was just as strong, if not stronger, than Mm -hmm. the premiere, gives me great (laughs) hope for these ballets that are entering our repertory and what they what they do for our dancers, how our dancers have grown artistically and physically from working in different styles and different forms. Mm -hmm. And we see it in their classical ballet technique looks stronger now because of some of the things they're doing that's a little bit outside the classical ballet They're expanding their minds and bodies and then it really strengthens their source, I think. I always found that. Yeah. And we're seeing it, yeah. Yeah, and the last thing I want to mention, (laughs) it was just really great (laughs) to have Chris Wielden back. Uh Yeah. You know, it had been a while since yeah. he had created a new work for us. Too yeah. long, really. And it was just really refreshing to have his eye in the studio and to have his um, the sophistication of the steps he puts mm-hmm. together, the musicality, mm-hmm. the creativity of how he moves those dancers throughout the space. And for this whole new group of dancers, some of whom he had never, never, he'd never worked with them yeah. and he didn't know who they were even before uh. this process. And to see them shine in his work. And to have a work that we get to revisit, hopefully mm-hmm. many times down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really nice to have Chris back in the yeah. building. Yeah, for sure. Two things I thought, there's so many things, but there was just this growth of, you know, during COVID, I started to garden a little bit. So I, I came back, and I've talked to you about this a number of times, about how 
this place feels like a garden. And it, I really responded to the Balanchine's idea of that as well and thinking, you know, every person is a different flower. They have a different fragrance. They have a different lifespan. They have a different look. And each one needs tending to. And it felt like we had um, some new growth within our garden and different fragrances of quality that we hadn't seen bloom and join in to the existing amazingness that we have. So seeing that growth from some of our younger dancers. And you see them in class, and it's one thing, and they're like, they're very good dancers. But then you see them perform in a certain kind of ballet, and you're like, whoa, what is happening with that artist? You know, a lot of our audience and, and the choreographers that come in have seen it because they watch the performances to help choose and get to know the dancers. But then also having Rutmansky here to really coach Namuna every single day, yep. which is a big beast of a ballet and very, very challenging. Getting pictures at an exhibition ready for Kennedy Center, having him in the studio with the dancers is profoundly formative to their growth as artists. So I think having him join us as residence. artists in yeah. residence yeah. is going to be a real coup for us to have Absolutely. him in the house. Absolutely. Yeah. And to see just as dancers really grew and blossomed in Justin's work, yes. we're seeing the same thing yeah. in Alexei's work now that he's in the studio a bit more. Mm -hmm. And it makes me really excited mm -hmm. to have him around more in the work he's going to do with our dancers. Getting to um, know these and artists. And his rep and getting to know so many. There's so many new dancers in yeah. the company and so many up-and-coming dancers who are really thriving and ready for that next opportunity. Yeah, and bringing their personas and who they are as real communicators, art, artistic communicators to the stage. And they're so, each so unique. And I know that that is something that we look at as a tremendous treasure for New York City Ballet. It's super exciting to see that. Oh, New York City Ballet is starting to tour again. And the company went to Spain and uh, there was a film made of that yes. performance. And so that'll wow. be on PBS next spring. And what was that program? And tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, we had this great return to international touring, first one in five years, mostly due to COVID. There were plenty of tours planned that all got either canceled or pushed back. Mm -hmm. But this Spain tour was one that persevered through a few delays. Mm -hmm. And it was this great program of Serenade, Square Dance, and Justin Peck's The Times Are Racing. Mm -hmm. So it really showed um, the romanticism and the beautiful movement quality of the company in Serenade. And then that precise, crisp footwork and dancing and square dance. And then they get to let loose and, you know, dance in a very different way in Justin's Times of Racing and be these um, really, like, clearly versatile artists that are able to handle anything that comes at them. And, yeah, I was on the tour with them, and the audience received it really, really well. We sold out basically all five performances, and we did a performance for families mm -hmm. um, also the one day. And... Thankfully, a production company came forward wanting to capture this and did this beautiful capture of the program that will be aired here across the U.S. next spring on WNET. And it was really fun to see so many dancers who had never been on tour with the company before <laughs> get to experience that for the first time and yeah. go to a city they've never been and, and experience the joys of traveling with the company, one of the fun perks of, of being in a professional ballet company that tours. You get to travel the world, and it felt like it went smoother and everyone took to the travel and the jet lag and performing in a new theater and stuff 
really, really well, considering there wasn't as much experience of this yeah. within the group. And um, we've got some other tours yeah. coming up in the next year and planning on and talking to some places about more touring in the next few years. So we're back, yeah. which, is, which is great. Yeah. I just wanted to add in quickly that the idea of Brandenburg came to us from you know, a lot of the audience was like, where are you going to bring Brandenburg back? And I was like, Brandenburg? Oh, my gosh, I forgot about that ballet. And it came back. <laughs> And it was supposed to go early in the season because I, I really wanted it to kind of open the spring because to me it's like spring flowers yep. and just this blossoming of fragrance and and beauty and energy. Um, but then we had to move it because it needed a little more time and we we knew that. So we, we put it towards the end of the season and it was great. We gave it the time that we, we did um, because it was really a, a renewal of this resource of our energy that we have of young, vibrant joy and it just really felt like spring. So I have to just say, New York City Ballet feels like spring again in this kind of post-COVID, able to put big ballets on, able to tour. And then we got to have this big 75th anniversary coming yes. up. So, you know, the timing of that to have this spring blossom before this giant diamond anniversary of ours is uh, amazing timing for us to get this young generation ready and going for these this huge repertoire. So tell me what you're excited about with that. Yeah, an all balancing season in the fall, which is something that hasn't been done here in the company in a long time, yeah. you know, where we've really focused primarily on Balanchine's rep for a whole season. And, Four weeks of Balanchine. And, you know, it's, it's again, as we mentioned before, it's going to be a lot of new people and a lot of new roles, a lot of debuts and principal roles, soloist roles, and then a lot of new core members. But I'm really excited for the work because we see how intentional both our rep directors and our our dancers are now and how the focus is is very real and how we can move efficiently and and get these ballets taught and staged properly and i just can't wait to see these big ballets hit the stage i'm especially excited for the return of pc2 yeah. um, tchaikovsky piano concerto number no. two yeah. it's one that's very near and dear to my heart yeah. one of the first bigger roles that i took on and i got to dance it for a long time with many different partners and and I just, I love the classicism of it while also, you know, as Balanchine does in all his romantic classical ballets, there's there's still vibrancy and there's... So uh, many challenges. He creates these new, um, this new idea of classical ballet and PC2 is one of those great examples. Mm -hmm. It's very challenging for every single dancer in it. Every mm -hmm. single dancer in it has to work hard. So I'm really excited to see that come back along with many big ones. And then... Um, just to feel the arc of the the breadth of our repertory mm -hmm. in a very intentional way that you I thought you programmed so beautifully this coming year. It's we starting, all put our minds together for this yeah, one. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a really fun collaborative mm -hmm. effort. But you group these great programs together very intentionally, and it tells the story mm -hmm. from start to finish. And I think the dancers will feel that that kind of starting at the roots, really mm -hmm. focusing on really precise technique and stuff, and then opening up as the ballets expand into Jerry's rep and into some of our other resident choreographers that we had in-house, and then into some of the newest work we've done in the last couple years mm -hmm. that's been really successful. Mm -hmm. And so I think the dancers hopefully will also feel like they're going on a journey. Yeah. And I know our audiences will feel that as well. And to see them continue to grow within all these great, you know, really masterworks, these great ballets yeah. that we're so lucky to have. It's like, you know, being in a candy store and you're mm -hmm. just able to pick out mm -hmm. all these different 
beautiful suites. Yeah, starting out with jewels, a week of jewels. We thought that that would be the best way to begin the 75th anniversary because so many of our dancers and many of the dancers that will be there at the alumni gathering will, will have done that ballet. So it's touched just about everybody. And then going into Balanchine's Americana, I always thought that those were the most fun ballets as a young core dancer. So I think getting our core dancers out there into Western Symphony and Stars and Stripes and, and having them work as a as a unit, as a as a whole company is is vital to their growth. One of the moments I'm most excited for is to have the alums. All yeah. the alums from the company come back. Yeah. And, On the opening night, September 19th. Yeah, and celebrate them mm-hmm. and celebrate our community, mm-hmm. our very broad community. We wouldn't be here without them. Absolutely. The dancers, mm-hmm. you know, yes, there's choreographers who create mm-hmm. the rep and, mm-hmm. and leaders who lead the company forward, but the dancers bring all that rep to life and we wouldn't be here. And those dancers trained the next generation who trained the next generation who yep. are who trained this generation right now. Yep. So we have to honor them for the legacy from from their dance dad, Balanchine and Robbins, all the way down to these young dancers we have today. Yep. So yeah. I think that's gonna be really inspiring for yeah. the current roster to see that stage full of um, our history. Our history. Yeah. yeah. And and all that positive energy that's been passed down for many years, as you said, that's how this art form survives. It's yeah. One generation passes it down to the next. Yeah. And it's going to be an amazing moment. And I think we're going to fill the house and mm-hmm. everyone's going to want to be there to see those familiar faces who haven't graced the stage in quite some time come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, and we can all give each other a big congratulatory hug for being where we are today thanks to them and thanks to the energy of of the dancers we have today and and the guidance that we have from all those around us so yep it's going to be a big year it's going to be a big yeah, year and we'll be sitting here a year from now <laughs> talking about how talking did it about go? yeah how we got through this yeah. this very ambitious 75th anniversary year but i feel yeah. really confident that the company's ready for it yeah you know, every faucet of the company is firing yeah. on all cylinders. They all and and be we're there. ready for this big year yeah. to come. It feels sort of far off, but then I know oh it's gosh, just it's around, around the, the corner. <laughs> and we're already thinking of casting for the fall. And yeah. we're already starting to, you know, work through all the special fun things we're going to do. For our 75th anniversary, we are celebrating the actual birthday of New York City Ballet on October 11th, 2023. Because 75 years ago on October 11th, 1948... This particular program was the premier program for New York City Ballet, and it was Concerto Barocco, Orpheus, and Symphony in C. So that's going to be a one-night-only performance, really celebrating the birthday of New York City Ballet. Yep. So, thanks, John. Looking forward to uh, rehearsals later today. Yes, thanks, Wendy. Still <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of work to do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Thanks. <laughs>